Unearthing Paranormalcy is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Unearthing Paranormalcy, the podcast that digs into the paranormal and tries to find normalcy in the topic. I'm Amy. I'm Dave. And I'm Chad. And we're going to be continuing this week with our deep dive into the CIA gateway experiment. But before we get started, let's hear a promo from one of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network shows. Welcome to XV Planet. Greetings, friends, fiends, and lovers of strange and wondrous things. My name is Flood, and I am the host of XV Planets, a bi-weekly podcast of the odd and unusual. The core of XV Planets is a documentary-style exploration into paranormal investigations that I and my ever-evolving group of magical misfits conduct. We take a look at the history, the mystery, then go see it for ourselves, and then we bring that experience, and on occasion, that evidence, to your ears. Alongside the investigations, you'll find a treasure trove of other content, like interviews with authors, art historians, mediums, UFO researchers, cryptid hunters, fellow paranormal investigators, as well as deep dives into the arts, exploring topics like the killing joke frontman Jazz Coleman's magical practices, and how that propelled the band forward, and whether or not David Lynch was really conducting occult rituals through Twin Peaks The Return. So follow XV Planets today and get caught up on the journey, because I can promise you, it only gets stranger from here i'll see you on the fifth plane now it's something we i think we forgot to mention in our last episode but we did mention it in our first episode is if you want to follow along with us there will be a link in the description of the show to this document that we're we're reading from so you can see the the pictures and all that and maybe help it help you understand it better if you follow along i know it does for me yeah, so. yeah. But we ended with time travel last week. <laughs> yeah, we did. Where do we start this week? This week we start with section 31. Quote, the out-of-body movement. This remarkable phenomena do, 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 do. has been saved for discussion in detail until last because of the interest which it occasions and special circumstances involved in its attainment. Monroe Institute stresses that the Gateway Program was not established solely for the purpose of enabling participants to obtain the out-of-body state, nor does the program guarantee that most participants will succeed in doing it during the course of the training at the Institute. Only one tape out of the many which make up the gateway experience, is devoted to the technique involved in the out-of-body movement. 
Basically, these techniques are merely designed to make it easier for the individual to achieve the out-of-body state when his brainwave pattern and personal energy levels have reached a point when he is in apparent harmony with his surrounding electromagnetic environment such that he feels that he has reached the threshold where separation is a possibility. To facilitate achieving the out-of-body state, Bob Monroe, the founder of the Monroe Institute, is quoted in a recent magazine article as saying that in order to assist the participant, the particular hemisync tape concerned with that technique employs beta signals of around 2877.3 cycles per second. Since 30 to 40 cycles per second is considered to be the normal range for beta brainwave signals, those associated with the wakeful state, it is apparent that the Monroe Institute is convinced that the same heightened state of brainwave frequency output, which promotes altered states of consciousness, is also an important consideration in assisting in achievement of out-of-body states. The actual techniques employed for separating from the body involve much simple maneuvers as rolling out, lifting out after the fashion of a telephone pole, wherein the individual separates in a rigid, head-first manner, such that he finds himself standing at attention at the foot of his physical body, and sliding out through either end of his body." Unquote. Now, when I do this, I visualize it like a snake shedding its skin. Yeah. As I lift my consciousness out of my body. When I've done it, it's been kind of like um, a butterfly emerging from a cocoon. Mm. Or I'll just drop into like a liminal state of consciousness and then just do it. Yeah. But that requires like special poses and chants and things like that whereas this is more just it's internal it doesn't require any noise or anything section 32 quote role of rem sleep it is interesting to note that bob and rowan formed the gateway class that finished 7th may 1983 that an ex-trainer of his operating in Charlottesville, Virginia, found that he could guarantee out-of-body movements by bringing participants down into a rapid-eye movement state of sleep and then use the hemi-sync tape technique. This may well be a function of the fact that most, if not all, people reputedly go into an out-of-body state during REM sleep. REM sleep is the deepest possible level of ordinary sleep and involves complete disengagement of the body's motor cortex functions from the neck down and nearly complete suppression of consciousness in the left brain hemisphere. The effect of this is to put the body in a state of complete stillness so far as the skeletal muscle structure is concerned thereby further promoting the state of deep rest needed to eliminate the bifurcation echo. In addition, it leaves the right hemisphere of the brain free to respond to the instructions and suggestions contained on the gateway tape. However, use of the hemisync tapes at this point 
may be less a factor in actually achieving the out-of-body state than it is a matter of focusing the brain enough, so that a residual memory of having naturally achieved an out-of-body state is carried into the waking state. Indeed, it may even be postulated that some dreams associated with deep levels of sleep are in fast functions of the same kind of altered consciousness involved in interaction with the universe that plays a role in all of the focus 12, 15, and 21 states described above. The difference between those states and the condition of the mind... In REM sleep seems to be that the less hemisphere is almost totally disengaged in the latter experience, such that memory of what was achieved in the altered states of consciousness cannot usually be retrieved by conscious desire because the left hemisphere has no knowledge of its existence or its location in the right hemisphere. Admittedly, some people can be trained to remember their REM state dreams through intense conditioning in the waking state, but even that may be more a function of establishing pathways in the right hemisphere, which the left hemisphere can access following re-entry into the wakeful state, than it is an indication of any specific left hemisphere conscious involvement in the process during REM sleep. In any event, the three apparent conditions required for voluntarily inducing an out-of-body state is most individuals seem to be one, achievement of a state of profound quiet in the body, such that the bifurcation echo fades and resonance at approximately 7 hertz is established, two, synchronization of the two brain hemisphere wave patterns, and three, subsequent stimulation of the right hemisphere of the mind to attain a state of heightened alertness, which, of course, interfaces with brain hemisphere synchronization, but not until a sufficient level of enhanced frequency range has first been established to help achieve the out-of-body state. Unquote. Section 33. Quote, information Collection Potential The information acquisition potential associated with the out-of-body state seems to attract the most attention from the standpoint a developing practical applications for the gateway technique. Unfortunately, although the out-of-body state can apparently be achieved by many people without excessive expenditure of time or effort, the purpose to which it can be put are currently limited by the fact that although individuals in that state may travel anywhere on any instantaneous basis in either the terrestrial or in other spheres, Information distortion in the former context remains a major concern. To date, according to one of the trainers at Monroe Institute, numerous experiments have been conducted involving persons moving from one coast to the other in the out-of-body state to read a series of 10 computer-generated numbers in a university laboratory. Although most have acquired enough of the digits to make clear that their consciousness was present, None have ever succeeded in getting all ten correct. This seems to be a function of the fact that physical reality in the present is not only is not the only holographic influence which the individual may encounter in an out-of-body state. There are also energy patterns left by people or events occurring at the same physical site being viewed, but from the past rather than the present. 
In addition, since thoughts are the product of energy patterns, and energy patterns are reality, it may also be possible that individuals encounter thought forms while in an out-of-body state which mingle with physical reality and are not easily differentiated. Finally, as Melissa Jagger writes, there is another potential problem area in the sense that holograms can be viewed pseudoscopically, that is to say inside, out, or backwards, just as well as they can be seen in proper perspective. Some of the distortions occurring may ultimately prove to be traceable to this cause, because in the out-of-body state an individual may perceive the holographic energy patterns given off by people or things interacting in time-space reality in somewhat distorted forms. Unquote. If REM sleep is a form of like the out of body dream state, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Could that mean that if we see like a monster in our nightmare, in like a nightmare, that it could actually just be one of these thought forms that we're seeing in a weird perspective? Yeah, yeah, very much. It could be, and then our brain just takes it and. Contorts it. Yeah. The way it um, interprets the hologram. In other words, the way it sketches and skews it. Yeah. The way it bends it. Distorts it. All right. Section 34. Now, section 34, it ends or is on page 24. And then it wraps over to page 25. And if you remember from the first episode, page 25 was missing for decades. But it contains section 35 and section 36. But this is section 34. Quote, Belief System Considerations In 1967, Alexandra David Neal and Lama Yogden wrote a book entitled Secret Oral Teachings in Tibetan Buddhist Sects, from which the following quote is taken. Wasn't Alexander David Neal a friend of Blavowski? Yeah, yeah, she was. We talked about her on our Thought Forms episode, but what she actually said was this. The tangible world... The tangible world is movement say the masters not a collection of moving objects but movement itself there are no objects in movement it is the movement which constitutes the object which appears to us they are nothing but movement this movement is continued and indefinitely rapid succession of flashes of energy in Tibetan Sol or Shrog. The objects perceivable in our senses are phenomena to whatever kind and whatever aspect they may assume are constituted by the rapid succession of instantaneous events. Unquote. All right, then the document goes on, quote, 
The classic description of the universal hologram is to be found in a Hindu sutra which says, In the heaven of Indra there is said to be a network of pearls so arranged that if you look at one, you will see the other, all the others reflected in it. I have cited this quotation because it shows that the concept of the universe, which at least some physicists are now coming to accept, is identical in its essential aspects with the one known to the learned elite and selected civilizations and cultures of high attainment in the ancient world. The concept of the cosmic egg, for example, is well known to scholars familiar with the ancient writings of the Eastern religions. Nor are the theories presented in this paper at variance with the essential tenets of the Judo-Christian stream of thought. The concept of visible reality, i.e. the created world, as being an emanation of an omnipotent and omniscient divinity who is completely unknowable in his primary state of being, the absolute at rest in infinity is a concept straight out of Hebrew mystical philosophy. Even the Christian concept of the Trinity shines through the description of the absolute as presented in this paper. The description of the energy totally at rest in infinity fits the Christian metaphysical concept of the Father, while the infinite self-consciousness resident in that energy providing the motive force of will to bring a portion of that energy into motion to create reality corresponds with the sun. This is so because in order to attain self-consciousness, the consciousness of the absolute must project a hologram of itself and then perceive it. That hologram is a mirror image of the absolute in infinity, still exists outside time and space, but in one step removed from the absolute, and is the actual agent of all creation, all reality. And the eternal thought or concept of self, which results from this self-conscious, serves the absolute as the model around which the evolution of time-space revolves to ultimately attain a reflection of and union with him. That thought model which perfectly reflects the essence or spirit of the Absolute, fits the Christian metaphysical description of the Holy Spirit. Finally, our description of the universal hologram, the Taurus of creation and evolution, is neither new nor original. Its use as the figure of the universe, of creation developing and evolution, is found in various stylized representations in virtually every religious system of antiquity, whether of Eastern or Western derivation. Whether it's the stylized labyrinth once popularized in the Hellenic world, the spiralized version of the Hebrew tree of life or its Hindu counterpart, or the Chinese spiral through the fourfold powers, the ultimate meaning is the same. Mystics the world over, it seems have perceived the universal hologram in the same spiral form and have incorporated that intuitive knowledge in their religious writings from antiquity to the present, unquote. So my talking about it being God last episode kind of fit with that 
whole missing section of the uh, paper. Yeah, it it really did. See, Amy already doing all this. She already knows things that she didn't know. Yeah, see? I just know shit. (laughs) That's why the religion of Amy is such a good religion. Yeah, very much so. I just know shit. (laughs) Not all of it good shit, but it's shit, you know. Uh, Section 35, quote, Left brain limitations. 20th century physics would seem to be revisiting insights belonging to mankind as far back as written records can can take us. The only difference is that 20th century physics is using a left brain linear quantitative style of reasoning to approach the same knowledge which the mystics of old apparently acquired in a holistic intuitional right brain style as a tool in the hands of our left brain culture gateway would seem to be a promising method for achieving the intuitive holistic type of interface with the universal hologram needed to provide the context that thinkers like einstein have sought in their labors to discover a unified field theory in physics for persons in our profession whose concerns revolve around strategic issues tactical questions, and matters of managerial form and system. Access to a new world of intuitive perception and self-reflection would seem to offer in the long term the means by which to know in a truly objective way. This is so because the self-imposed limitations to balance perception and objective logic, which are culture and personal psychological subjectivity, imposes when we use the strictly left-brain thinking style could be offset by the holistic form of perception associated with altered states of consciousness. To the extent that we come to perceive ourselves fully in the context of that portion of the universal hologram which is the reflection of ourselves, to that extent we release ourselves from the prison of subjectivity." Some other neat stuff on this page 25. Yeah. All right, and this is the last section on that page 25 that was missing for all those years. Self-knowledge. I know shit. (laughs) Section 36, quote, self-knowledge. It was axiomatic to the mystic philosophers of old that the first step in personal maturity could be expressed in the aphorism, know thyself. To them, the education of a man undertook as its primary step achievement of an introverted focus so that he learned what was within himself before attempting to approach the outside world. They rightly assumed that he could not effectively evaluate and cope with the world until he fully understood his personal psychological balance. The insights being provided by 20th century psychology In this context, through the use of various kinds of personality testing, seemed to be a revalidation of this ancient intuition. But no personality test or series of tests will ever replace the depth and fullness of the perception of self which can be achieved when the mind alters its state of consciousness sufficiently to perceive the very hologram of itself which has projected into the universe in its proper context as part of the universal hologram in a totally holistic and intuitional way. 
This would seem to be one of the real promise of the gateway experience from the standpoint of its ability to provide a portal through which, based on months if not years of practice, the individual may pass in his search to find self, personal effectuality, and truth in the larger sense. Unquote. This is such an interesting thing on so many levels. <laughs> like, it's kind of the discovering yourself through, you know, self-help books, things like that that people do. But with magic, you often discover who you really are inside when you're working with the shadow self or you're working through things like that. Yeah. But also in the physical you have to really know yourself in order to have really good connections with other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the more, the better, you know, yourself, the better the connections you have with others, the more you like yourself, the more people like you. It's like that whole, I don't know, kind of like the world does revolve around each individual person in some aspects of their reality, you know, yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, I often hear as within, so without. It's a yeah. little play on the words. All right, now we get <coughs> section 37, quote, motivational aspect. It is a step-by-step procedure which involves repetitive practice of the technique concerned. Using each new insight as a means of penetrating farther during the next practice session. But the rate of progress is so much faster with the gateway approach than it is with transcendental meditation or other forms of mental self-discipline, and its horizons seem to be so much wider that the discipline needed to practice it would seem to be within the means of even the impatient, result-orientated, skeptical pragmatist of our society. Unlike yoga or other forms of Eastern mental discipline, Gateway does not require the infinite patience and total personal subservience to and faith in a system of discipline designed to absorb all the individual's energy over most of a lifetime. Rather, it will begin to produce at least minimal results within a relatively short time, such that enough feedback is available to motivate and energize the individual to continue working with it. Indeed, the speed with which an individual may expect to progress seems less a function of the number of hours spent practicing than it is a question of the speed with which he or she is able to use the insights gained to release anxieties and stresses within both the mind and the body. These points of energy blockage seem to provide the principal barriers to achieving the enhanced energy states and focus of mind needed for rapid progression. The more compulsive, the more uptight the individual may be at the outset, the more barriers he or she will initially encounter to achieving a deep or immediate experience. But as the insights begin to come, and the blockages begin to dissolve, the way ahead becomes increasingly clear, and the value of gateway moves from the status of a matter of intellectual assessment to one of personal experience, unquote. This was designed for people like me. 
<laughs> I have no fucking patience. <laughs> I need to see results quickly. If I don't see results quickly, then I move on to something else. And yeah, this is the this this seems like this whole concept is kind of perfect for people like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I hate hearing the, well, just give it time. I don't have fucking time. Make it happen now. <laughs> I'm a millennial, damn it, I need instant satisfaction. <laughs> All right, section 38, quote, Conclusion. There is a sound, rational basis in terms of physical science parameters for considering Gateway to be plausible in terms of its essential objectives. Intuitional insights of not only personal, but of practical and professional nature would seem to be within bounds of reasonable expectations. However, a phased approach for entering the Gateway experience in an accelerated mode would seem to be required if the time needed to reach advanced states of altered consciousness is to be brought within more manageable limits from the standpoint of establishing an organization-wide exploitation of Gateway's potential. The most promising approach suggested in the foregoing study involves the following steps. A. Begin by using the gateway hemisync tapes to achieve enhanced brain focus and then to induce hemisphere synchronization. B. Then add strong REM sleep frequencies to induce left brain quiescence and deep physical relaxation. C. Provide hypnotic suggestion designed to enable an individual to induce deep autohypnotic state at will. D. Use auto-hypnotic suggestion to attain much enhanced focus of concentration and motivation in rapidly progressing through Focus 12 exercises. E. Then repeat steps A and B following use of the auto-hypnotic suggestion that an out-of-body movement will occur and be remembered. F. Repeat step E to achieve facility and gaining out-of-body state under conscious control. Alter hypnotic suggestion to stress ability to consciously control out-of-body movement and maintain it even after REM sleep state ends. G. Approach focus 15 and 21 objectives, escape from time, space, and interact within new dimensions from the out-of-body perspective. H. Use multifocus Approach to solve problem of distortion and terrestrial information gathering trips. This approach involves the use of three individuals in the out-of-body state, one viewing the target object here in time-space, one viewing it at focus 15 as it slips into the immediate past, and one viewing it at focus 21 as it slips from the immediate future. Debrief all three and compare data gathered from the three points of view. If care is taken to ensure that the three all go out of body together in the same environment, their consciousness energy systems should resonate in sympathetic oscillation. They can tune in to the same target on different planes, dimensions, with greater effectiveness. I. 
Encourage pursuit of full self-knowledge by all individuals involved in the foregoing experiments to enhance objectivity and out-of-body observation and thinking, and to remove personal energy blockages likely to uh, limit rapid progress. J. B. (laughs) (laughs) Those reading along see that I changed a word there. All right, J, be intellectually prepared to react to possible encounters with intelligent non-corporal energy forms when time-space boundaries are exceeded. K, arrange to have groups of people in Focus 12 state unite their altered consciousness to build holographic patterns around sensitive areas to repulse possible unwanted out-of-body presences. L, Encourage more advanced gateway participants to build holographic patterns of successful attainment and rapid progress for advanced colleagues to assist them into progressing through the gateway system. If these experiments are carried through, it is to be hoped that we will truly find a gateway to gateway and to the realm of practical application for the whole system of techniques which comprise it. This is a really interesting document. It is. And I'm going back to the beginning here. <clears throat> so if I didn't have Dave to help uh, break it down into layman's terms, I'm not sure I would understand it. But... Well, what? August 1983. Would that be on the biosphere? This is Biorhythms of the Earth for the Montauk? Yeah, August 12th, 1983. It was... Um... It's when the Montauk Project culminated with the release of the monster, Junior. The Beast. The interesting thing is, is this letter was written in June of that year. Yeah. So, was this a gateway experiment being practiced on Montauk? Yeah. I said there's a lot of overlap here. Uh not just with the occult stuff, but also with some of the time stuff. Because if you remember, they were playing around with time in the past, in yeah. the present, and in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dave was the only one of us alive this time. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true, isn't it? <laughs> um, if any of you want to try out Hemisync, reach out to me. And I'll share the PDFs and recordings I have of the Hemisync method. Uh, I, I the Monroe Institute is also still up and running. And you could um, pay for membership and training there if you wanted to. I think I might want to try at least the first few tapes of the Hemisync and yeah. see see what happens. See if it's fast enough for me. Or if I guess too slow, gotta come up with something else. I mean, not to keep taking it back to uh, Montauk. Well, let's do because we gotta fill at least the whole hour. <laughs> We've got. I'm just thinking. There's enough correlation between this. It's almost like, like what they're coming out with the aliens right now. They're releasing just enough to not admit to anything. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's kind of what I feel like this is, is this is just enough. Like, yeah, we've studied it. We've practiced it. But we didn't do much. Like, you know, it's just just enough yeah. to not admit anything. And I think that's interesting because that's what we're going through right now with the whole disclosure thing. So, yeah, yeah, government's good at that. Just enough. Just the tip. Just to see how it feels. <laughs> Either way, we're all getting fucked in the ass. Now, I know they've released a lot of stuff on Project Stargate, but this is the only thing I know of with Project Gateway. Well, I'm sure it took on another name after this paper was written. Or it probably was another name to be given with. Yeah. I mean, we, we know how the... The powers that be like to change the name of things once people start getting wind of uh, what's going on. <laughs> Which, I mean, from the get-go, he was only tasked to provide an assessment of the experience in terms of its mechanics and practicality. I think he pretty much fulfilled that. Yeah. I mean, he stuck with just what he was supposed to put in there to the um, commander of Fort Meade in Maryland. What's interesting is that there was actually quite a bit of important information in that missing page. And how long did you say it was missing for? Um, 20, almost 20 years. Yeah, almost that 20 years. That had to have been frustrating for people who read it because it ends oh, with... Oh, yeah. It's like... um. Well, it's like uh, it's like Toby Campion said. It's um, it takes you through a vicious mind labyrinth for twenty four pages, and then all of a sudden, psh, it just skips <laughs> right when it's culminating. <laughs> and yeah, if you listen to old podcasts like prior to, I'd say about twenty twenty. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly the day it got released or it got found, but. But you listen to podcasts from then, everybody's speculating about what it could be. and It'd be like watching Star Wars. And it gets to the scene with Luke and Darth. And you find out the truth about who Darth Vader is. But actually you don't because it cuts off right as he's like, No, Luke. I. Actually, I just stop there. No, Luke. And then it just jumps to the end of the movie. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, no, what happened? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Uh, so, what do you think about it, Chad? It's interesting. I to try it, but then part of me doesn't. I don't know how to. I don't know. I'm on the fence of whether or not it is. I don't even know how to say what I'm trying to think or trying to say. Um, it it sounds interesting. It would be really interesting if it worked. But I don't know. I I'm too skeptic on whether or not it would actually work or not. But mm-hmm. it would be interesting to at least li- like try listening to the tapes. See, I'm I'm skeptical enough that I want to try it. 
I want to see if there's something to it. Because if yeah. it does work, that's pretty freaking cool. Especially for people who like have been practicing meditation for years and yeah. have not reached any of these points. Oh, right. You yeah. know? <clears throat> Whereas even if you just reach that first plateau to where you like, I don't know, was it color breathing or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can do that on my own, but you know, if you just improve that, you know, or the, the, the power bar, I'm going to have to try to incorporate the power bar into some of my meditations and see what happens. So that was kind of an interesting aspect of it too. Yeah. Being able to manipulate that as well. So I find all that kind of, all this kind of stuff fascinating, but I, it's not something I would do because it's not just, it's not me, but like I'm not big on meditation mainly because I can't focus myself to do it long enough to actually meditate. But I figure it's gonna, it would require even more patience, even though this is for good for people who don't have patience. <laughs> but it requires more patience than I have. <laughs> <laughs> so Chad needs a program where he somebody just snaps their fingers and he's there. Yeah, <laughs> my, my my brain just doesn't shut up. So. I get your mind's like that too. It takes me a while to get into like a good meditative zone because my brain's yeah. distracting me most of the time. Yep. In fact, I can be sitting there thinking I'm meditating and then realize that no, I've been off in like another journey <laughs> about what I'm going to be that, cooking for dinner next week. You know, <laughs> that is me. So that's why meditation just never has really been a, Big thing for me. Well, maybe on our our next episode, I don't know what it's going to be about, but maybe Amy will have some update on, I don't know, maybe the first tape you listened to? Maybe. Maybe the first two? Maybe. Yeah. I'll have to see. Yeah, you said you were going to try it. Yeah. But you say a lot of things. I see. Oh, yeah. I say things. Yeah. And I know things. And I say things. And I know things. <laughs> and I don't do either. Oh, you say things. <laughs> and you know things because we share a brain. You just may not know that you know things. Ah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Exactly. <laughs> and these, um, these tapes, they're like... 30 40 minutes or so they're not very long you don't gotta like sit there and listen to them for hours yeah that's a good little meditation time yeah and they operate a lot like a guided meditation you just kind of sit there and do what it's telling you to do kind of breathe and what it's telling you to breathe um hum the way it's telling you to hum and i'm pretty good at following guided meditations I'm much better at guided meditations than I am my own meditations. Yeah. I can follow directions. I can't even do that, right? 
Well, thank you for bringing this to us, Dave. And yeah, if any of our listeners want to uh, check it out, we can get you the copies of the or get you the links for the the tapes. Yeah, and the PDFs that go along with them. The PDFs are just <clears throat> just a few pages. Uh, you just kind of read them uh, over before you go because it talks about like terms and things that it'll say in the tape. So like when it's saying like, hey, do this, and you're like, what the fuck is that? You can just look at the PDF and be like, oh, that's what that term means. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Be sure to like us, follow us, and all that fun stuff on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. You can always reach out to us via email at umpnormalcy at gmail.com, or you can reach us through our um, Facebook or Instagram as well, or Discord. We're always, one of us is always logged in for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm almost always on Discord. I say, yeah, mine's usually logged in on my phone and I get my notifications. Um, you can also leave us a rating and review on your podcast app. That'll always help. And if you want to buy us a coffee, the link for that in the description is in the description of the show as well. And I think that will do it for tonight's episode. So until next time, keep digging. Unearthing Paranormalcy is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. To hear more great independent productions like the one you just listened to, visit our catalog.